0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I'm Al, and joining me today is some random guy I pulled in off the street.
1: Hi, I'm a street guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you, of course, recognize the voice of one of my friends and co-hosts, Chad. So how are you doing this fine, wonderful day, Chad?
1: Um, You know, <laughs> I'm doing okay, but I'm getting sick of winter, I'll tell you that.
0: You know, I was just about to to say the same thing, because this is, I don't know about you, but this is one of the times of the year in Wisconsin that I hate, because a couple weeks ago, we had a few days where it got, you know, it's like the 40s or 50s, most of the snow had melted, and I don't know about you, but down here, I think we got like six or seven inches of snow the other day.
1: Yeah, we didn't get quite that much, we got about... Uh, I want to say four, maybe four and a half.
0: Yeah, it's like, so sometimes it's like, Wisconsin weather keeps you guessing. Because it's sometimes like you're almost out of winter. You think you're finally done with the white shit. And then, boom! Guess again, motherfuckers.
1: So we got this guy who doesn't swear in his podcast until you get him worked up about (laughs) springtime snow.
0: I, I do drop the occasional swear, it's just, yeah, like I said, uh, then again, do you remember the uh, the blizzard of, I think it was like May 11th, back in like, 89?
1: Yeah, that was, the, was that the same winter we got that uh, blizzard, like in January as well? I mean, we had a blizzard that shut down the city of Wassa, which is unheard of but they were actually telling us i think I think that was earlier than that I think that was like eighty six yeah
0: I just remember but, uh there was a because I had a paper out at the time so I said I, i'm pretty sure it was eighty nine um but I remember waking up one morning like may eleventh and it's like looking out the window and there's like six inches of snow
1: <laughs> i I don't remember that but I mean I obviously lived through it but now, here's another fun Wisconsin fact. What is the only month of the year that Wisconsin has never had a tornado? There's only one out of twelve.
0: I would probably say February.
1: You're right, actually. Because
0: I do remember a couple years ago there was a tornado in January, um, which again is extremely rare. So yeah, that was more that was a lucky guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I just heard that the other day. They were talking about it, uh uh. I was listening to, I think, NPR, and they were talking about weather patterns and, you know, summer weather and stuff. And somebody asked, you know, are there any months that Wisconsin's never had a tornado? And, of course, the guy on there had the stats, and he's like, yeah, there's one. And I'm like, one? Because I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, like, December, January, February kind of thing, like, that that space of time. But, no, just February.
0: Well, that's Wisconsin weather for you. But of course, you all aren't tuning in to listen to us talk about the weather. Uh, you're in here to listen to us talk about geeky things. And of course, yes. if you want to, uh, you want to hear people talk about weather, go to the weather channel. So
1: full metal <laughs> with, alchemist. All the, with, all the, with all the other old people.
0: <laughs> exactly. So full metal alchemist. This was yes. actually your idea. Uh, it was. so if this episode sucks, I blame Chad.
1: Well, it's not going to suck, but you know, here's the thing about that is I have for years now being a geek or a nerd or whatever you want to call me, I have edged on the side of, I really don't get into anime. It's not a big thing for me. So I had seen that this came onto, onto Netflix and I had seen that it was a live action version of the the um, anime. So I thought, you know, that might be a good place for me to dip my toe in because it's both it's it's still the anime world and it's the anime story, but it's live action. Mm -hmm. And so that's I I knew nothing about Full Metal Alchemist until I watched this movie. I didn't know anything about the characters or anything. Um, And then I'm like, I said to you, I said, let's do one of these, you know, two guys in a Netflix movie or whatever the hell we call it. Um, just as long as we don't call it Netflix and chill, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but, and I said, wow, well, why don't we do this movie? Cause I know you, well, I shouldn't say that, but I, I, I get the feeling that you do know some anime
0: a little bit. I don't watch as as much anime as I used to. Uh, I mean, one of the nice things about internet based services like Netflix and Hulu is, it does allow you to, uh, you know, see anime that, you know, back when I was a kid, I never would have been able to see, and uh, or I wouldn't have been able to really see the full series. Because, do you mind if I switch into old, grumpy old man, uh, grognard mode for a moment? No,
1: go go for it.
0: I remember I first started. Well, actually, let me go back. Probably my first exper- earliest experiences with anime would have been stuff like Robotech. Um, you know, because they brought over uh sometimes they would bring over Japanese series to the US. Mm. I remember there was one War of the Planets, though we got it as G Force, and from what I understand, a lot of times when they brought these series over, they would just they would rewrite certain things. And one of the interesting things about Robotech is we got it as like it was like a ninety some episode series. But it's actually made up of three separate anime series that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Um, well, but, that's
1: always helpful. Yeah,
0: but what happened in what? Car, uh, it was the the series was rewritten by a man named Carl Masick, and what he did is he took these three unrelated series: uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Uh, Super Dimension cavalry, Southern Cross. And the last one was like, okay, I think it was called like Genesis Climber Mospita And what he did is he, he took these three unrelated epis or un, three unrelated series and he rewrote them so they would form a continuous series. And essentially what he did is like each one pushed the story forward, um, you know, a decade or so. And I really like how it turned out Um, again, especially when you consider that the three series, you know, they're not even in the same, uh, continuum, you know, so Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really, really brilliant what he did, but I started to get a little bit more into anime when I went to Gen Con because there was a group there that set up in the Skywalk. This was back when Gen Con was in Milwaukee and when it was at the Mecca. So... Uh, there used to be this skywalk between like the auditorium and the arena. And okay. they set up a, a a large screen TV there and they had the, you know, the dub, uh, you know, the dubbed or subbed episodes that they would show. And one of them that I got into for a little bit was Ranma One Half. And another one I saw there that I ended up enjoying as well though they it's been movies It hasn't really been a series vampire hunter d was another one um and there was the occasional odd one i would get into Uh, i had some friends that introduced me to some other ones like i think it's called fashugi yugi uh there was another (laughs) one yeah it's i think it's called and then there's like it has a subtitle the divine play or the, the divine mystery or something like that. It's it's weird. Um another one, oh my goddess. So those are ones I would just see every now and then if I was hanging at a friend's house. But this was back in the nineties. And back then, you know how much a VHS tape oh boy, this is this is nineties, isn't it? <laughs> um early, you know, late 80s, early nineties. You know how much a VHS tape with two episodes of an anime episode would cost?
1: I don't, but I'm going to say 25 bucks. Higher. Really? Yeah. I
0: mean, well, Robotech, that one you could get for, that was 20 bucks for two episodes. But then again, that was already, you know, in, in played on US TV. But like mm-hmm. Ronma one half, it was like, I think it was like 35 or $40 for two episodes.
1: I suppose you were paying for it to come from Japan though too so that's
0: true and if these were the English uh, dubbed ones, but one year at Gen con um there's this company unfortunately I think they're defunct then right now they're called uh, they were called guardians of order and they made a a role-playing game called Beesum, big eyes small mouth small mouth yep, yep and then late, it was an anime role-playing game and later they made uh, a d20 adaptation. And one of the people at the booth had a shirt that was just so true it was funny. Anime. Drugs would be cheaper.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, now I you know, when I think anime, um and and I don't know if I'm correct in this, but I was always told that the cartoons we watched in the eighties, both Transformers and Thundercats were technically anime.
0: Well, I'm gonna fight you on Transformers because the thing about I't don't think I'd consider that anime because the original toy line was from Japan, but the the company that actually made it, I think was Sunbao. And while of course all their animation was done overseas, it wasn't designed as an anime series. Um, and I, so
1: tell me the difference, and I'm, I've never really understood this. What is the difference between a cartoon and an anime? Well, anime,
0: now I'm not an expert on this, so I might be wrong. So if there are any listeners out there that, you know, maybe you're more into anime than we are, um, the anime is essentially Japanese animation. So usually there's a very distinctive style. Usually the, yeah. you know, the the larger eyes and the facial proportions usually most anime is not done to look realistic and it's like usually the exaggerated facial features uh you know if you've got a character like yelling something really loud his mouth oh. will grow to like you know five times its normal size but right. there are different types of anime um you do have like for example okay the term it's it i i don't i don't remember how to pronounce it but i think it's Sentai, that's a genre where you usually have a team of heroes in similar uniforms, like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, which I never really got into, but that's an example of this genre. There's ones that focus on sports. There's ones that focus a lot on martial arts. There's also other types of anime that you know focus on other things like fantasy, horror, science fiction, just about anything you can imagine. So Don't
1: forget the forbidden. Don't yes. forget the forbidden. Yeah. Hey,
0: no tentacles.
1: <laughs> yeah, the 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 form called hentai which is yep. I'm sure you've seen bits of it. I've seen bits of it and it's just really disturbing.
0: I have friends who uh have yeah, they've got some weird stuff like there was this one that is called Keiko Kamen. It was a, like a mini series type. Uh, it was about a, a woman who fought for truth. No, it's so for justice and the naked truth. She wore <laughs> gloves, boots, and a mask. And that was it. That was it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, like I said, there's some. We- there wasn't anything really sexual about it. It's just that the main heroine ran around. F- almost naked and as I recall you never saw her actual face
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, though and then sometimes with anime there are good one shot uh, episodes like one of them Riding Bean was one that I really enjoyed uh, though technically I think that was a spin off of another series Gunsmith Cats okay, okay. You have this kind of blank look on your face like you have you don't, you're not, you're not you don't know what I'm talking about
1: here not not a clue <laughs> okay
0: But anyways, back on track. Though actually we weren't too off track because Full Metal Alchemist was based on an anime and a manga series. And I knew a little bit about Full Metal Alchemist before watching the movie. Um, Way back when, wanting to say like 2004, 2005, um, my wife and I, we would sometimes watch Robot Chicken. Or there were a couple of other shows on Adult Swim. You know, the later programming, later night programming on Cartoon Network. I don't remember if Full Metal Alchemist was part of Adult Swim. Um, But sometimes if we were waiting for something to come on, you know, we might catch a little bit of it if we were just like flipping through the channels. Because, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, 10 or 15 minutes before the show you want to watch. So you're just flipping through the channels to... um, you know, find something the time. to want. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I, I recognize the characters of Edward and Alphonse. Um, I knew that Ed had, he was missing an arm and missing a leg. Cause I remember seeing part of an episode where he took the, uh, his parts to um, their ally, uh, Winry. Um, Winry. Yeah. Yep. So that, you know, he, cause he had to get some repairs done. And I knew that Alphonse was, or Al, as they always call them, uh, that he was his his body had disappeared and it was basically a soul stuck in this suit of armor. And back when they were showing it on Cartoon Network, they did have a flash game, or they did have some sort of game on the okay. Cartoon Network or Adult Swim website. And I remember playing that. When I remember them mentioning that they were state alchemists, which I don't know. They at least in the movie here. They didn't really say what exactly state alchemists do.
1: They do alchemy for the state. They don't even really say it in the movie either. I mean, the, the one guy, um, Dr. Tucker, I think his name yeah. is, he was trying to make chimera that could speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's each individual alchemist has some sort of job they're doing.
0: Yeah, like there it's, was Mustang, who was the flame alchemist. Right. Um and I mean I'm sure that the the series and both the, the manga and the anime probably went into it a little bit more but I really went into this movie with pretty much no expectations because since like I said I wasn't really a fan or familiar with the Full Metal Alchemist series, I didn't have any expectations um, and I'm, I'm sure you probably didn't really have any either because you knew less about I, it I actually
1: I did. I did have an expectation. Okay. And that, and that expectation was that I would not like it.
0: Okay. So when as we start to discuss the movie, I'm sure that uh, we'll, you'll fill us in on whether you actually liked it or not.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So before we begin, uh, just a, a quick announcement before we start our discussion of the movie. Welcome to Boundary Thriller's Theater. Nah, it's not that kind of show. It's an RPG actual play podcast. My name is Jordan, and I'm joined by our fun-loving cast. This is Aaron. Jeff here. Johnny is my name. And I'm Jeremy. And what we do is dive in and play various tabletop RPG systems and games, such as Mini-6, Fiasco, Inspectors, Monster of the Week, Fate, and more. But no matter the rule set or setting, some pretty intense storytelling hits the fan. So whether you like epic fantasy, adventure, comedy, sci fi, horror,
1: or just horrifically bad puns, we've got something to feast your imagination on. Listen to our full
0: episodes and more at theater.com.
1: And may the bones
0: fall ever in your favor Okay, so back to our discussion of Full Metal Alchemist. So let's start with the cinematography and the character design and stuff, how the movie looked, what did you think of how the movie looked with like the characters and, you know, just the look of the movie in general,
1: the look of the movie from, from, you know, sheerly a cinematographic or cinematography look of it. It was beautiful. I thought from the very first picture to the very end, uh, you know, there were a few things in there I had issues with, like the dummies. I thought that was a little hokey, for lack of a better word. And I'm sure we'll talk about the dummies later. Um You know, but I just thought... And at first, I couldn't really tell if it was live action or just very, very good, you know... Um, computer animation. Cartooning. Yeah, computer animation. And I think at least some of the early stuff um, where they're little boys and they're talking to their mom and all that kind of stuff. I think that might've been a mix of the two. Um, I didn't understand. I guess I'm going to kind of go into what the show is about too. Is I didn't understand. They like, they were talking to their mother. They turn around, they walk across the yard and then she's dead. Yeah, With no she, explanation.
0: Yeah, and I think in the, in like the comics and stuff, they explain that she does, she did have some sort of illness. So, but yeah, it would have been nice if they would have explained that, or maybe we missed it, because one of the things, now first, okay, Netflix, I don't know why they did this. When I first fired it up, it was all in Japanese and there were no subtitles. So I had to mess around. Now, did you watch the subtitles or did you turn on the audio?
1: I uh, watched the subtitles. I read the entire movie. Because
0: what I did, and it took a little while to get used to it, they had, it said audio, English description. So it had, you know, the the voices were dubbed. But it also had a narrator along with it, too. So it would be like, you know, Ed walks over to the door and opens it, and it's like, okay, oh, come Oh, it's on.
1: For, for visually impaired people. And,
0: yeah, and I get that, but it's like, okay, come on, Netflix. If you could do that... Would it really have been that much more difficult to have just a straight, you know, dubbed version instead of doing the one with the description? But I mean, after a while, I kind of ignored the narrator and I just uh, mm. got into the. Yeah, um, I
1: just turned on the subtitles, and it was all in English.
0: Yeah, that yeah, that I found too. So, like I said, that was my main distraction for. But it, again, eventually, I I uh, I um got used to it but I mean I did like the look of the movie at first I thought okay is this going to be like just computer animation or live action and I have to say I did like how the characters did look because some part of the problem sometimes when you are taking like a cartoon or a comic book and you're translating that into live action Mm -hmm. doesn't always work Uh, sometimes the characters tend to look a bit hokey or a bit I, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, like comical or just um okay, I can't try trying to think of the best way to describe it, but it's that like they just don't look right. I thought the characters looked good. Um I mean guess this is what I mean as an example. You've probably seen the old uh Batman T V series with Adam West yep. from you know the uh the sixties.
1: Sixties, yeah.
0: That's what I mean. Um, The, I mean, I did enjoy the show when I was a kid, but just that whole look where, you know, it didn't really look too, it didn't look very impressive or it it looked a little too comical. Then again, that um, series was very campy to begin
1: with. (laughs) Right, right.
0: So, but I said, honestly, I thought all the character designs looked really well, uh, especially Edward. And, um, I mean, yeah, Alphonse, you know, it was just a siege. I'm pretty sure it was a cgi i mean i'm sure yeah. they i'm sure they probably had a, a stand in um you know and then just of course computer animated the armor and later but mm-hmm. but yeah i mean I, I did like it and it did take even into the first like scene where it, you know it opens up where uh edward and alphonse um they have their mother she just kind of just keels over and yeah yeah, and they they never really make it clear exactly.
1: T- I mean, it was an already it was an hour, already a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Mm-hmm. Another five minutes to explain what happened to mom would not have killed anybody.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, if they at least could have said, okay, she had this disease, and this is what killed her.
1: Right, or but, you know, you do you do a small scene at the funeral where somebody apologizes because mom died of whatever.
0: Whatever. Yeah. So they have the funeral scene and then they go on to where you've got these two little kids. They're going to try to bring back their mother and they're going to try to create a homocula list for her. Yeah. And that's when things go wrong. And I do like this, how they try to approach alchemy in here, not as magic, but as a science. Right. Uh, Cause they talk a bit about the law of equivalent exchange and in the, the scene when they're fighting the uh, father, Cornello, uh, when we get to that in just a moment, I know he talked about it as well. Um, but this is where Edward loses part of his leg, and then he has to sacrifice his arm to to save Edward. Or, I'm sorry, um, Al. And then, of course, that's when he binds him into the suit of armor. So that, right. you know, I, I don't know if they ever really, in the series, if they ever explain what would have happened if, he didn't put his soul in the armor if he would have just drifted off into the ether or whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or it would have been more like uh, a Bob from, um, from, uh, uh, Bob, Bob, the skull from, uh, Dresden files. Okay. You know, where he's a spirit, he resides within a skull, but he leaves the skull all the time to do his spirity things.
0: Yeah. Not familiar with Dresden files. I know a little bit about what it's about. But yeah, mm-hmm. i um, not really familiar with the series. I know slightly more about Full Metal Alchemist than I know about Dresden Files.
1: Wow! So I know a lot more about Dresden Files than I know about Full Metal Alchemist.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, um, so we find out that uh, the boys they went on to become state alchemists, and in the opening scene, they've got this town, which, um, I don't know, it looked like Italian to me. So I'm wondering if they shot that scene in, like, Italy somewhere. Um,
1: Possibly.
0: That's just what it reminded me of. I just thought it looked like an Italian town. Um, so he we meet up with the character Father Cornello. And this is where uh, Edward has a bit of a battle with him because he's supposedly got a philosopher's stone, which what they need to repair their bodies.
1: Right. Now I thought I thought the fight scene was really neat um especially the part where Father Cornello is using the uh the philosopher stone to cause the pillars to oh, like crush yeah. from the sides and the bottom and, and I thought that was all really neat and I thought the fact that he you know he had like hellhounds made out of stone yeah. <laughs> that were coming after him and all this kind of stuff um I thought all that was kind of neat but it seemed Unbelievable in some ways because I mean when you think about alchemy, when I think about alchemy, if we take it into let's say Dungeons and Dragons, and you talk about alchemy or things like that, it takes a long time. You know, you're not this seemed more like magic to me than alchemy, and they kept trying to say that alchemy was science, and it still just all seemed more like magic to me than either of the other things.
0: Well, you know what they say in the Marvel universe, uh any significantly Advanced form of science is indistinguishable from magic,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I suppose.
0: And I do like there's that part where uh, when uh, Ed finally gets to the point where he can confront Father Cornello, he just kind of creates a spear out of the uh, you know the, the the pavement, and that's yeah. when you know, Father Cornello says, "You can transmute without a circle," which then again, it's like, well. Isn't that kind of what Father Cornello was doing too? I didn't see him making a circle, so maybe he was using magic. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, uh, unless now they say that he can transmute without a circle. But if you remember the gloves that Full Metal or Ed, the Full Metal Alchemist is wearing, they both ha, they have circles on the back of both of those gloves.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe you have to draw the circle on the thing you're trying to transmute.
1: Yeah, I don't know, because I know when when um, Alphonse went and cleaned up the mess afterwards, he had to draw a draw circle.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's so, when uh, I remember the people were gathering around Al, and they're like, are you the Full Metal Alchemist? Which, of course, would make sense, because...
1: Uh, these are uh, super armor?
0: Yeah, and by this time, what had happened is, uh, after the battle, uh, Mustang comes with the some troops... They take away Father Cornello, and then also they take away full. Uh, they take away Ed as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: again, this is where we talk a little bit about the law of equivalent exchange because uh, one of the people who had like their um, their stand, their vendor stand destroyed, asked Ed it, or not Ed L if he could make one out of Marvel, and you know, he was like, saying, no, this is alchemy, not you know, alchemy magic. is not magic." And how, you know, is just trying to briefly explain why he couldn't take a, like a wood structure and turn it into marble. Right.
1: And actually they talk about that, that whole law of equivalency um, when they're trying to bring their mother back too. Because both of the boys give blood from their fingers into the, the pot of alchemist stuff, stuff that they're making. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I like the idea. Um, of of how that works with the, you know, the exchange type thing. And that makes it feel less like magic and more like alchemy. Mm -hmm. But there was just certain things in there that seemed too much like magic, even with the fact that they want to keep telling you it's alchemy. And I get it. It has to do with them, like, creating a world where things are exciting and fresh to watch. Because you have to sit there and watch everybody, you know, mix stuff together for five minutes all the time. We're going to get bored real quick. Yeah, and plus,
0: by the time, that you know, when this movie came out, not only did we have the the comic series, but I believe there's actually been two... Uh, I know there was at least one series of Full Metal Alchemist, the car, the, you know, the anime. There's also one I saw on Netflix, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh but I haven't checked it out yet so I'm not sure if that's a series or if that's just like a movie or something.
1: Yeah, I don't um, know.
0: So yeah, I mean by the time this the, you know this movie was made, Full Metal Alchemist was very well developed. There were a lot of characters and stuff. So, yeah, I can see how they probably for the benefit of people like us who don't know much about the the series, they probably didn't want to really bog down in all the specifics.
1: Right, because the people that have been following it since day one, they're going to be like, oh yeah, her, their mom died because X. Or, you know, the priest, Father Father Cordova... Uh, no, Cornello. Cornello. Father Cornello was casting without a circle because he actually was using magic, or whatever yeah. the case may be.
0: Yeah, and I guess in a way it would make draw a certain parallel to the X-Men movies, because when the first you know X-Men movie came out in was it like 99 98, 99? Yeah, 98
1: 98 99
0: yeah you know of course if you were like a a long X-Men fan and you'd been following it since like the 60s when it first came out you're probably wondering what the heck this is an X-Men but then again you got to remember of course when you're taking a a comic series that's been around for almost 40 years You know, yeah, and there's, of course, been dozens of different iterations of the team and there have been dozens of different X-Men. Right. So, yeah, of course, you got to, you know, when you are trying to make a form of media that is based on another long-running form of media, yeah, it can be tricky to find that sweet spot where the longtime fans are going to appreciate it but the, the the people who are maybe new to that franchise will be able to right. appreciate it as well. So of course I'm sure out there somewhere there's a you know a hardcore full metal alchemist fan who may be listening to this and maybe they their
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're like no this movie was crap it wasn't like this it wasn't like that. Well, you know, we might say we enjoyed it cuz again we since we didn't really know much about the series, we would go into this movie with fewer expectations than someone who's read all the comics and watched all the right. anime. Right. so But carrying on, so this is after uh, Colonel Mustang takes him away, and this is where we meet another uh, character in the, the army, Major Hughes. And I liked him. I thought it was a good character because a ve- definite contrast to Mustang, who was all like you know, serious and disciplined in business where Major Hughes was more lighthearted and uh, more of a friendly character.
1: Right. He's like, yes, I work for the military, but at the same time, I'm your friend. So maybe we can work this out where I can still do both and you can still do both and life will move on.
0: Yep. And then they're also introduced uh, to... Two other characters are going to play a a role later on. General Hakuru, and again, some of these names, the Japanese ones, we're probably totally mispronouncing them. Um, And then uh, Shao Tucker, and that's the bio-alchemist who, uh, because when we first see... uh, Ed poking around in his lab he sees this creature that's like a was like a rat with like an eagle's head or a hawk's head right right you know and that's where we find out that he was trying to make these chimeras and he did make a talking one but you know it died after saying three words <laughs> let me die so that's where when you when you first saw that did you think that was maybe just kind of a strange coincidence or did you think there was maybe something more sinister about this tucker character
1: You know, at first I didn't. Um, They played it. uh, They played it very well, where they made him seem like he was there to help Mm -hmm. the Full Metal Alchemist, and and all this stuff, and that he was kind of a stand-up guy. You know, he was taking care of his daughter after his wife left or died. They, because they leave that really vague too. You know, and the little girl says, "Well, you know, mom's mom's not around, but that's okay because I've got daddy and I've got Alexander, which is her dog." Yep. And, and I only bring up Alexander because we'll talk about it later, but he's he's important to the story as well. Um, <clears throat>
0: See, and that's what I was wondering, because when they were talking about his wife, and I don't think they... If they did mention this in the thing, in, in the, the movie, we may have missed it, but uh, you find out that he tried creating the Talking Chimera, and you know, around the same time his wife disappeared. So you almost wonder if that first Talking Chimera that died... If maybe he had used his wife to try to create that, that's just where my mind was going.
1: Okay, mine did not go there at all. I my my mind went more to the she left him because he was doing this, you know, constantly doing this work, and he was always in his lab and and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I was going. That's where my mind went there. So yeah. I suppose as you watch it, I mean, each person's mind will go where to wherever, but. Yeah,
0: I didn't come to that conclusion until later on, which we'll talk about uh, soon. But yeah, I mean, Tucker, they did introduce him. He's kind of a very, you know, very friendly character. You didn't really expect anything sinister about him at first. right? Um, So then, honestly, I felt around this time, the movie started to slow down a little bit, you know, because we had all this action and,
1: Right. It became more of an investigation movie for a short time.
0: Yeah, because again, you start out with this action scene with uh, Father Cornello against Edward and and Al. And and then, like I said, then from here, yeah, it kind of slowed down. It's more like, okay, yeah, we're trying to research because, again, they're trying to find the Philosopher's Stone because they want to try to bring, or Ed wants to try to bring Al's body back. Right. So then. Uh, this is where we also meet um, some other individuals: uh, lust, envy, and gluttony. Yeah, and I thought they were actually good villains. I did like how they looked. Um, gluttony kind of reminded me of uh, uh, what was that character from Dragon Ball? Boo, the the fat version of Boo, where he's all jovial and but he could okay. easily kill you and destroy you.
1: I don't know who that is, but they, he reminded me of Tweedledee or Tweedledum from yeah. Alice in Wonderland. That's 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 exi- when I saw him. I'm like, huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you have uh, Envy who can uh, shape change, and then I think Lust can shape change too, or no. Lust, she doesn't you know, shape change, she just has, she can extend out her uh, fingernails and stuff.
1: Right, and kill people that way. Yep. And then there is Gluttony, who, you don't know it at first, the first time he feeds, you don't realize that, that he has the power he has, but basically his rib cage busts out of his body, and it becomes this big mouth thing, and he can eat whatever. So... And
0: also they meet another character, Dr. Tim Marco. And yes. he was one who had created uh had managed to create a Philosopher's Stone before. So this I remember they were trying to do some research to go uh you know both to go find him and uh Ed and Winry uh visited him and this is when um they again start to uh, get a little bit more information about what was going on, and this is where you're starting to think there was something sinister behind this. Right. Which, unfortunately, he's not really able to say as much because that's when uh, Lust comes in and ends up killing him.
1: Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny um, that, uh, that 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 um, she kills him. It doesn't really affect the show in... Anyway, I thought it was a. I thought it was a pointless killing. Maybe you'll disagree with me, but I thought it was kind of a pointless killing because killing the old doctor doesn't do anything. He wasn't going to tell um, Ed anything anyway because he knows the dangers of the philosopher's stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after she kills him and leaves, then that he decides to give Ed the the info that he has on the philosopher's stone. So I guess. I just I just lied about something because I guess it does it it does make the plot move on because without that he would have never given that to Ed. So. Yeah,
0: and I mean I I do sort of understand what you're saying though because his death really didn't have that emotional weight to it.
1: Um, right, because you barely we barely got to meet the doctor, and all he really had done by that point was taken a couple shots at those guys with a with a, with a shotgun, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Really that was about it. So there was no emotional there was no emotional involvement with Dr. Marco.
0: Yeah. Uh he does his yeah he's pretty much he's just there to die and pass on some information to Ed. That's it. Yep. So uh from here then we go to uh Winry and Al. Well actually before we if we back up a little bit, um the we recall that uh Tucker was trying to do some, you know, experiment stuff with, with Ed or not Ed, Al, sorry. I, I mean, I know I missed mix the, mixed them up a couple times during this, but, uh, one of the things that, uh, again, we learn about Al is that because of his metal body, he can't feel anything. So, you know, it's kind of like he doubts his own existence.
1: And well, this, and I think a lot of that is because of Tucker. Because he's telling them, oh, you might have false memories. It could have been implanted by the alchemist who made you, blah, blah, blah. And that boils over a little bit later after after Dr. Tucker's been arrested. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that. And we'll, and we'll get to that. But it boils over later where he starts questioning Ed and his existence and, and just everything in general as to how real is this and how real am I. Yep. So
0: And uh from here as we move on, this is uh where we um where Edward, Al, and Winry, they go to this uh canning I think it was like a canning plant. Yeah, an old thought, canning plant. Yep, that they thought there was the secret base, and this is where we start.
1: Laboratory to, five.
0: Yep. And then this is where we start to see that tension between Al and Ed, where you know they get in the fight because Again, Al is starting to wonder if he has false memories and he starts to doubt his existence. Right. Well, Once they return from their trip to the cannery, uh, the laboratory, that's where, see, when I saw this part of the movie, when they went back to visit Tucker again, Mm
1: -hmm. this is
0: where I almost wonder if his first talking chimera had something to do with his wife. Because there's this dog-like creature that, you know, he's introduced as his first talking, as his talking chimera that he successfully created. And that's when, when it says hi to Edward, that's when he realizes that Tucker basically made a chimera out of his daughter and the family dog.
1: Yep, Alexander. Yep. And the thing about it is, is he figures that out. And this guy is not at all remorseful that he did this to his daughter. And then Ed asks him a couple questions, but the the important questions are, how long ago did you make your first Talking Shamera, which he said was three years, and then two years, and then the next question was, how long has your wife been gone, and he says, two years. So though he doesn't say the words, I made my wife a Shamera, that's what happened.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm thinking that that's what he did. Which And I that's
1: when I got to the same thought that you had earlier in the movie.
0: Yep. And and again, I mean, I'm not sure in the actual series if uh, this Tucker, I assume this Tucker character probably appears in the series as well, but i wonder if that's what happened. And that's why the, you know, the Shimera said, let me die because she didn't want, if that was his wife, you know, she didn't want to live in this existence. Right. And uh Nina, maybe because her being a child had more of a sad acceptance to it. And after um Ed, you know, beats up a little bit on Tucker, you know, she Nina goes over to him and starts licking his hand. Yeah. So it's like almost like she's sad it's okay, maybe she she's sad about what happened to her, but it's like okay, it's still this is her father and that's her only family now.
1: Right, and actually, it was it was one of the saddest things in the movie, I thought, was, and I'm going to back up a little bit, because when they first met Tucker, Winry and Al played with Nina, the daughter, and they were playing, and her big thing was always, come play with me, because she doesn't have other friends. You know, her dad's always in the lab, so she has Alexander, basically, and now she's got these humans to play with, and after... Edward comes back, and she gets the word Edward out of her mouth. Um, You have your epiphany. Right, you have your epiphany, but then she looks at him, and this dog just looks so sad Mm -hmm. and says, Come play with me. Yep. And I was just like,
0: Oh, my God! You Tucker, you sick bastard! Yeah. Give him a nickname, Tucker the Sick (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm a lot more swearing in the average episode than my uh, average
1: episode yeah, today. Yeah, and it's usually you usually aren't dropping the f-bomb.
0: Yeah, what the f*** is wrong with me today? Must be the weather. I'm going to blame the weather and the fact that this has just been a really crummy week at work.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to blame me cuz Lou and I tend to drop a few of those on musically challenge, so.
0: Okay, yeah, you and Lou are bad influences on me. How does that? We can there, say that's part of it. That the makes team.
1: me feel better now. You actually, you
0: bastard <laughs>
1: anyways moving on so
0: uh once and this is where we find out that okay yeah the the philosopher's stone that it is made from a person and a soul yep so as the movie starts to get near the final act um this is where like i said everything just it hits the fan ha i didn't say I thought I, I bet you thought I was going to say the shit was going to hit the fan.
1: Not me. I <laughs> would never think that of you.
0: Never. So, anyways, so at this point, like I said, uh, things are starting to get serious because you know he Edward finally realizes that uh, you know all these philosopher stones were created from people and uh, lust and envy reappear again. Um, as does the general. And find out that he was there just to, you know, he he wanted this project uh, to get funded and to get researched, and they were doing all these terrible things to these prisoners because he wanted to make an army of, okay, they're called Homoculi. So um, the uh, Lust kills Tucker. So uh, he Gets his just desserts, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, he gets his in the end.
0: Yep. And then now, and then we get our final climactic uh, fight scene where um, General, to back up a little bit, because you remember uh, Winry, I think it was what, Winry Mustang and one of the lieutenants and a mm-hmm. bunch of troops, they were confronting Lust. And Lust was going to try to kill, again, I forgot whether it was Winry or the lieutenant, and that's when the flame alchemist, Mustang, gets in his way. And this is where we're starting to realize that, okay, wait a second, maybe Mustang isn't this uh, this person that we think he is. He is actually, mm-hmm. you know, a hero. Yeah, so,
1: absolutely. And not only is he a hero, he's an alchemist.
0: Yep. Well, we knew that um, from the beginning. They, because they, when he first appeared, they did introduce him as the Flame Alchemist.
1: Oh, that's true. Yep. Okay. So, but anyway, yeah. Um, Lust tries to kill the lieutenant, mm-hmm. but he steps in front of her attack and takes the takes the shot into the side, um, and then he lights her up. Which I think the work they did with the flame, the whole the whole Flame Alchemist or whatever, is amazing because. Yeah. Uh the way they made the bodies look like they were burning and stuff. And uh but it's at that point that um and I, actually this is even a step further back because at this point you don't even think it's a lust, it's some other um military yeah, cause, um, um, he, personnel. And yeah, you're he wondering why her.
0: yeah, and you're wondering why he attacks her, but then it's like he's because and then you know, he's incinerating her, but then she recovers and it's like uh, Mustang was like she had her mole on the other side of the face, so he picked yeah. up that tiny little detail, and that's what made him realize it was actually, um, it Lust. was actually envy. It was envy in disguise,
1: or envy in disguise. Yeah, yeah,
0: because envy's the one that that's the shapeshifter,
1: right? And it's it's and then Lust shows up, mm-hmm. tries to kill the lieutenant. He steps in the way. Envy takes off to get Tucker and Lust sticks around a little bit, and then she leaves. And, and of course, you know, then Full Metal chases her, and yep. we get to that final point where the general then activates all these homunculi that he's been building over the years. And they all drop down to the ground, and this is one of the creepiest parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. They all, they all turn and look at the general, and they're like, Daddy? Papa, and I'm like, is it, yeah. "Papa, yeah, Papa, Daddy, something like that." Oh no, he goes, "Yes, I'm your Daddy." And I thought, "Well, that's not a play to the American audience, is it?" <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "Yes," and they're like, "Papa," and they just converge on him, and then they start eating him. Yeah, which I thought was just like the weirdest f- thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Another, that's that's okay. Like I said,
0: we we know that for what is it about um live action adaptations of anime series that we're not familiar with that brings out the potty mouth in us.
1: I don't know, but <laughs> you know, so then he's dead. And then of course, lust takes over and kind of, I'm not sure how she controls the, the homunculi, the dummies, whatever you want to call them, but she does. Um, they go after, of course, Al and, and Winry and Ed, and then Al creates, like, basically a cage around them to keep them out. Mm-hmm. And then they all just start leaving. And, of course, at the same time, the lieutenant runs out and she gets her troops together. Um, and they basically take care of the dummies just by shooting them all in the head. Because that's how you yep. kill a yep. Um. But then you get to that final battle between
0: Mustang. Envy and Lust. Yep.
1: And Ed and the Fire. Uh, Mustang. Alchemist. Mustang. Yep. And I thought that was so well-staged because it's at that moment that both Ed and, and, and Mustang realize that you can't kill the Humunculi, the um, Lust and Envy, but not outright anyway. They have several lives as a Humunculus. And so the first one they attack is Envy because he's the one that had been killed more times Mm -hmm. and he's got, I don't know how they know this, but I mean, plot hole, whatever. They
0: noticed that, uh, he was taking longer longer
1: to heal. Right. Yeah. So they, he, they light him up one more time and, uh, he dies. And then they fight with lust in a, in a pretty cool fight of flame and all the different things. And, she finally dies, and then she's like, um, how'd that go? She's like, now that you've killed me, I'm going to tell you a secret or something like that. And she opens up her chest, and you realize that all these homunculi are, 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 um, they're made living by that soul of the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. So, just as they're about to kill her, Ed reaches in, to her dying, burning corpse and pulls out the the stone.
0: Mustang did, I think.
1: Or Mustang did, yeah, and then handed it to Ed. And then this is where the movie goes bad for me. Okay. There's a couple reasons. One, what happened to Gluttony?
0: Um, they showed him he was watching from behind a chimney on a, a building.
1: Right, and he said Lust and Envy are dead now, and he walks away. And he's just forgotten about Maybe but they're leaving it open for a sequel. Maybe, but that's, that's, that was one of the issues I had. The second issue then is now Ed has the Philosopher's Stone. The thing he just spent the last two hours and five minutes trying to get his hands on. So he goes back to the Guardian. The
0: Gate of Truth, yep.
1: The Gate of Truth to exchange this Philosopher's Stone for both his arm and his leg and for, uh, Al's body. So Al's body is there. He's now an adult. Um, Teenager. Teenage, yeah, okay. Yep. Teenager. Um, he, you never see his face. Uh, there's a lot of things about that that make me wonder if it really was him or not. But anyway, he's just about to give the Philosopher's Stone to the Gate of Truth, to God, to whatever it wants to call itself today. And at the last minute, he decides, I'm not doing it. This is a human soul and that's worth more than my arm and leg and my brother's body. And so he goes back and tells Alphonse that he couldn't do it more or less. Um, of course, Alphonse was telling him not to do it as he was going to the gate of truth. But just to me, that's just like as a, as a role playing person, as a person that role plays and you get into situations like this if that was your goal Al, as a role player, in the last seconds would you make the choice that Ed made? No, you would would go through and finish your quest.
0: Depends what my alignment it was. (laughs) I mean, I could see, and see that part didn't bother me as much. Oh, see that just
1: pissed me off.
0: I mean, we are supposed to you know, we're supposed to see Ed and Al as being heroes, you know, characters that we can like, that we can relate to. So
1: mm-hmm. that's why
0: I guess it didn't bother me because they realized, well, then again, they never really say, at least not in the movie, well, with these philosopher Stones, what happens in the soul if the Philosopher's Stone is destroyed? Um, you know, because they had to kill all those homoculi in order to, well, save mm-hmm. their lives. So right. I don't know. I I understand what what you're saying. Um listen, it just personally it didn't really bother me.
1: Okay, fair enough. That was really the only part of the movie that bothered me. So I mean as, as I I forget, how do we rate this? Is it on five stars or ten stars? Been what did doing we do? Five.
0: Well did you five, stay for okay. the did you see the post credit scene though?
1: I didn't. I didn't know there was a post credit scene.
0: Envy isn't dead. What happened is some of the uh, flesh, the burned flesh started to flake away on his forehead. Mm-hmm. And this little thing that looked kind of like a little iguana popped out. Or no, not iguana, a chameleon. You know, with okay. the really big, crazy eyes that, right. you know, go in all directions. That popped out and then ran off. So, like I said, Envy has survived. Um, it's just now he's this little lizard-like thing, which, I don't know if he's like a parasite or what, but... right. Um, So, I don't know. I'm thinking they're leaving it open for a sequel.
1: Well, nowadays, every movie, whether they're planning a sequel or not, is somehow left open for a sequel. That's just Hollywood right now. Um, But overall, I actually really enjoyed this. I didn't think I would. I went in with the expectations that I wouldn't. But I thought it was a well-planned out and told story. Now, it's had years to become a developed story, so... Mm -hmm that really shouldn't surprise us, but it kind of surprised me. Um, So, so Chad, yeah. Did you
0: go into this movie with higher expectations or lower expectations than when you went into revenge of the bridesmaids?
1: (laughs) Is it possible to have lower expectations (laughs) than revenge of the bridesmaids? No, I don't think it is. So Uh, your
0: expectations were higher than uh, revenge of the bridesmaids.
1: Right. I mean, honestly, I didn't think I would like this, but I ended up actually really liking this. I would go to the point that, not like next week or anything like that, but I would sit down and watch this movie again.
0: I did too. I did enjoy it. Um Again, I, as we established before, my knowledge of Full, Al- Full Metal Alchemist was not much more than yours. Mm-hmm. So I went into it... N- like I said, I didn't really have a lot of expectations, mainly because while I knew a little bit about it, it wasn't a series that I had watched a lot. So I right. I enjoyed it too overall. Um, so if we were going to rate 1 to 5,
1: where mm-hmm. would you
0: put this movie?
1: I would actually put this at about a three five,
0: 3.5. I would rank it a little higher. I would say four, maybe 4.5. Like I said, I I did enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it did have some really good action scenes. Slowed down a little bit near the middle, but I guess our opinions would probably change though if we were more familiar with the source material.
1: Yeah, um, I would think so.
0: Yeah, because as we said before, you know maybe there is a hardcore Full Metal Alchemist uh, fan out there that is you know maybe watched the movie and like this fucking piece of shit. Thank God ruined Full Metal Alchemist. This movie was crap. This movie was shit. I wasted five hours... No, not five hours. I wasted two hours and 15 minutes of my f***ing life watching this f***ing piece of shit. Yeah, maybe there are some Full Metal Alchemist fans out there that were thinking that. And, you know, I think I've sworn more times in this episode than the previous, like, 180-some episodes I've done before <laughs> this.
1: You might have. I... I don't think I've ever heard you, and you always bleep your swears out, so have fun with that. Yes, this episode is going to, I am going to have
0: to bleep all, all my f***ing swears, so that's the problem with this. Yeah, it, I am going to have to uh, do a little bit more editing, because I'm going to have to bleep myself. <laughs> all I, right, hey, man, I just I, made more work for myself. Anyways.
1: <laughs> all right, man. I, I think so, that's probably a good place to call us. Well, one last question yeah so
0: seeing this now, and on Netflix they do have the Full Metal Alchemist series and that mm-hmm. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood Now that you've seen the live action movie, are you tempted to go and maybe check out uh the other Full Metal Alchemist stuff on Netflix?
1: Nope okay I might mostly mostly because I really don't like the anime style of cartooning okay um the 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 Besom Portion of of it all just kind of I don't want to say it creeps me out, but it makes me uneasy. Okay, I don't I don't like the style.
0: I'm just not a fan of the anime art style. Right, well, right. Fair enough. So I don't know. I might. I think it's one of those series that if it's subbed, or no, I'm sorry, not subbed, if it's dubbed. Because I admit, I prefer when I do watch anime, I do prefer it dubbed as opposed to subtitled.
1: Well, right, so, and the problem with subtitles is—is is there was times that I got so much into the action I forgot to read what was on the screen. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I know there there was this one anime movie I saw one in college because I borrowed it from a friend, uh, Dagger of Kumui. It okay. was a good movie. I really did enjoy it, um, but like I said it was it was subtitled. So yeah, the same thing as as you were mentioning where you have to really pay attention. And if you get caught up in the action, you're more likely to miss stuff. Mm. Um, And I I know that they did release Dagger of Kamui. They did release a, a dubbed version. I think it was called like Revenge of the Ninja Warrior or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I guess they cut out a bunch of stuff because Dagger of Kamui was, as I recall, that was actually a pretty long one as well. I think it was probably about as long as this one was. It was, it was over two hours. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure it was over two hours okay so with that said I'd like to thank you all for joining us and have a good evening or morning or afternoon whatever it is wherever you are and well can't say happy gaming so uh, happy movie watching there you go good night everybody You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at studio. Do you do a podcast about Dungeons & Dragons, role-playing games, video games... Or other topics of geek interest? Would you like to cross-promote your podcast on geekery in general? Then drop us a line on our Facebook page at POI Game Studio or POI Network. Or contact us through our website at POIGamestudio.com and we'll set something up.